You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Romillo, credentialed reporter and the host of Locked On Heat. Please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. The NBA draft is less than a week away, and Locked On NBA podcast is mock drafting every first-round pick. I made the pick for Miami at number 20, so make sure you hear my explanation of the selection and a panel of experts breaking it down if it was the right choice for the Heat. Listen to Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows, and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Today wherever you get podcasts on today's show i'll be talking about the latest rumors around the big names from around the nba russell westbrook chris paul victor oladipo drew holiday and of course james harden and how miami may or may not be tied up in all of this and to help me try and make some sense of it all as a special guest making his second appearance on the show the co-host and founder of the vice city hoops podcast mr drew davis how are you doing i'm fantastic david i'm trying to make sense of all the shams craziness and tizzy that Ocho Cinco has put us all in. I don't know how to make heads or tails of all this craziness, but I'm ready to talk about it nonetheless. All right. The Ocho Cinco thing, I'm glad you brought it up because I had actually forgotten with all the actual other news being reported (laughs) from actual legitimate media people. Chad Ocho Cinco, of all people, tweeting out that he just spoke to his man, Jimmy Butler, and they got big things cooking up in Miami, some trade going down that's going to change things. He's excited about, quote unquote, his Miami Heat. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means anything at all. It's interesting. I'll get you that much. It, it sounds it's like interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. Interesting. Friggin' dropped it off at like twelve thirty in the morning. This just and it, then he didn't just he didn't just have one tweet. He had a several. He had a killer whale tweet. I mean, he's 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 known for being flamboyant, but he's not been wrong. Like in the past, David, he's done stuff like this. He did it about Butler, and he was right about Butler. So I don't know. It's odd. It's very odd. But here we are. This is the season, right? It's trade season. And here we are. It's incredible. I mean, the the offseason just started. The NBA just proposed the the upcoming season, the the strategy, the plan. The NBA Players Association approved it. They're still working out the details. But from everything that we understand, they're moving forward. And of course, part of the accommodations to this weird season is that they've already started allowing trade talk and and kind of negotiations and things of that sort. Of course, free agency doesn't start for a while, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everybody's already talked to available free. No doubt. So, and and we're already hearing a lot of big names being moved around. And of course the news starts off, I think in Houston where things have been pretty ugly, probably for a while Uh, (laughs) after Mike D'Antoni doesn't get fired necessarily, but he chooses not to come back and Daryl Morey, resigns all of a sudden gets bought out of his contract and then joins the Philadelphia 76ers. They're replaced with Steven Silas, a first time head coach and Raphael Stone, who's never held the position of general manager. And then we start to wonder whether or not players will start grumbling and asking for trades. Well, a piece from Kelly Iko and other reporters over at the athletic speculates that, well, actually, there are a lot of un- there's a lot of unhappiness in uh, in Houston right now. Uh, and I'll start off with this quote from the piece regarding Russell Westbrook. Westbrook has informed team officials that he has been uneasy about the team's accountability and culture and wants to join a team where he can have a role similar to his prior floor general role in Oklahoma City. He also mentioned in the piece that the team seems likely for a rebuild at some point with the new changes to the front office and coaching staff. Mm. And he's also kind of hinting that this group has been built around James Harden for so long 
that perhaps there is just a lot of players that are unhappy. Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, who wanted an extension and hasn't gotten it. Eric Gordon, who just wants some clearly defined role. Austin Rivers, even getting pissed off at Harden. It, it just Harden is the subject of our next segment, so we'll talk about then. But I mean, the <laughs> Russell Westbrook thing is just so interesting to me because he's got four years and like a billion dollars left on his contract, or three years and a billion dollars left <laughs> on his contract. And we're already starting to hear rumblings that he's being traded. He's asked for trades. He was, of course, linked to Miami last offseason. And thankfully, the trigger was not pulled on that. But we're hearing that Charlotte is a likely suitor for the talents of Mr. Westbrook. What, what do we make of all this, Drew? I don't know what to make of it other than that. I can't say we should be surprised. This was kind of the argument last season was getting Westbrook on your team has has some potential to be problematic, not necessarily from a culture standpoint, but the dude is kind of a, I, I wouldn't call him a diva. I think that's too far. I mean, he's very eclectic. He definitely has style and he's got, uh, you know, mojo. I mean, he's very, he's a very interesting dude. He's always been incredibly passionate, but it's not surprising that he went to the Houston Rockets who has a ball dominant player in James Harden and lo and behold found out he is not a fan of standing next to a ball dominant player as a ball dominant player so it, this isn't surprising we all kind of assumed it was only a matter of time before he didn't like that role which is kind of the argument that people are making or going to make about James Harden which we'll get into later is can you go back once you've been a ball dominant player and that's not necessarily a bad thing we're not we're not yet implying that that's bad but that's who Russell Westbrook is he wants to be the floor general he wants to run the team this is not that shocking so i i don't make i'm not trying to make light of it because i mean it is one season and he's already like things are not going well i want out my best friend all that aside i don't want to be here and i find that a little it's it's uneasy if you're houston yeah. I mean, it's a little weird that that in one season, someone of his stature playing next to one of the top five players in the league is ready to leave. Like, he doesn't believe they can run it back. And I'm sure Westbrook cares about championships. So the thought that he would say that now, knowing that, you know, whatever happens, it's going to jeopardize his ability to be on a contender potentially because no one's going to like the smell of what this has done in his first year so he already had uh sort of i don't know he already had a blemished if you will um you know record as someone that's not been able to get teams to deep into the playoffs and it, same with james harden so it's it's messy it's so messy and you're just like every five seconds you refresh any feed on the internet it's all, another Rockets player is upset. Another Rockets player wants out. Another Rockets player didn't get enough minutes, whatever. And you can't, you know, you're kind of thinking about all of this and you're like, this can't possibly be just James Harden or Russell Westbrook. It definitely sounds like this culture is just run its course. It's been a good ride for the last, what, six years He's they've been doing this. So I, it's run its course. And here well, we are. Harden joined the team in 2012. So it's been almost a decade of this. But I mean, you bring yeah, up wow. a good point. And it's not just, it's not, well, again, maybe we, it's something best say for the next segment, but I kind of feel like it is Harden. Like the reality is now you're looking at Dwight Howard, who has his own issues. He was there earlier with a the team. Then you had Clint Capella. Then he gets traded. Then you have Russell Westbrook. You've had all these players come and go through Houston's doors. And the one constant True. was Harden. And you the and thought coaches. process. 
Yeah. Kevin McHale, they've had multiple coaches. You're not wrong. Bickerstaff, all those guys. Yep. Yeah. And and so the thought process this past season was that if you're going to be, oh, I should, didn't even mention Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul is oh, yeah, notoriously sure. difficult to play alongside because he's so uber competitive. But at the same time, if he all he wants to win and he's not happy there, then the problem is that somebody else in that roster doesn't want to win as much. And kind of linking it back <laughs> to what Westbrook said, that that attitude of lack of uh, accountability is problematic for a guy who is also uber competitive like uh, Westbrook is I'll say it, he's downright crazy we've we've heard about some of the OCD he's behaviors <laughs> and, and I've seen him myself like in media scrums he doesn't want anybody walking behind him he'll stop you know pressers in the middle of things he doesn't want to talk to people he, he likes things very just so and, and we all know this but the, again that, sure. that relationship with Harden we thought that I was going to be enough to kind of you know force them to gel and get them to another level unfortunately that didn't play out for them in houston and they were that's they right. wound up being yep. disappointing this past season so now i mean it has to be it has to be the the burden of, of everything that falls on on hardened shoulders and he seems according to this piece committed to staying in houston and wanting to rebuild there but i wonder if that's realistic the rockets may just want to move on and i'm not sure if they can i mean now that we're starting to see all these things come up. Uh, maybe again, the stain might be more on Harden than it is on Westbrook. But let's move on to to talking about Russell specifically because now we're hearing yes. about him. We'll being get trade we'll get to Harden. <laughs> yeah. So he's being linked to the Charlotte Hornets, and and that's yes. not a that's not a bad trade. I think. Like, look, if if the Hornets have the money to pay his salary, and that's a big concern. I think he brings some star power there that they're clearly lacking. They have Terry Rozier. He's not a star. They had Kemba Walker, not the same type of star. A lot of empty calories as far as his points are concerned. With Westbrook, you're going yes. to have a dynamic former MVP player. And unfortunately, you have a, a divisional rival in the Hornets too. So they're looking to make big moves. They might draft James Wiseman early on. We're starting to hear a lot of rumblings about them wanting that player on the roster. And you know Michael Jordan isn't content with being out of the playoff picture for as long as that team has been. So what's your feeling on that? Do you think Westbrook makes that team more dangerous if they're able to uh, actually acquire him later on this week? I don't think anyone could immediately argue that Westbrook on the, on the Hornets is not a good idea for the Hornets. And I'm not talking about – I mean, this is from a – from the very top level, like executive decision wise, he's going to bring interest. He is going to make the team overall better because a competitive spirit is the reason he wants out. And he wants to go to a place where he can initiate that spirit. And there's some players on that team that have that spirit for sure. And he's got an owner. That's the all time, most competitive person, maybe next to Kobe and Michael Jordan. So that, that's a team that definitely uh, desires that kind of competitive spirit and passion in the game. So he would be great from a market standpoint, certainly his fit on the team. I mean, the guy can do just about everything. He just doesn't do any one thing super well anymore, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. The guy is still a star. I mean, he had a great season in Houston. Let's not, let's not be crazy about this. He had in so many good games, but in, in Charlotte, I don't know. I'm kind of clamoring for him to end up in New York, David. That's my personal, like, it's, it would be so good for basketball to put a star on that team. And he's not old enough. Well, yet. I mean, he's about to be past his prime, but he's right there at the end of it where he can still uh, contribute in a way that really draws people to the Mecca, to the garden. And hopefully they have some great uh, contracts over there. They can definitely move some people. I mean, it would be a dream if somehow they could get, you know, some combination of Westbrook, maybe sign a crazy, you know, um, herring kind of signing like 
DeMarcus Cousins. I think that would be amazing. Hmm. Add someone, add someone like, you know, electric that's DJJ ish or Joe Harris or someone that can fill their role. Well, just another really good role player and then send off the young talent wherever it's got to go. I'm sure RJ Barrett would have to go uh, to Houston and, and along with guys like um, Portis who has a big contract and Todd Gibson who has a big contract, you know, to make the math work. But I want him to go somewhere where there, where he's going to be seen because that I feel like is at this point in his career, unless he goes to a contender, which I don't, there's been talk of him going to the Bucks, And I'm like, I mean, I do think they're an Eric Bledsoe upgrade away from being, you know, there they are. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is good. He's a great defender, but he doesn't score like, like Westbrook, but I don't know if that would work, but let's be honest. There's not really another place that $40 million could be dumped where he can play and play his way. If yeah. he goes to New York, it could be like ultra good for him. People are going to buy the tickets. They're going to support him. He almost has like nothing to lose either because the franchise has not been good for a while. So I don't know. So between Charlotte, between them, between pretty much anybody that has money right now and needs to upgrade just for to save face in their franchise, right? If you're a GM, it's like you got to do something. Sure, he's the kind of shakeup you make, which is what Houston did last year. But look how that went for Houston. And there's got to be something in the back of your mind as a general manager that's telling you he had one season with his best friend and it didn't go very well. So maybe it is all smoke. Maybe he really just wants to return to being a floor general and that's all it was. But I don't know. He's had his issues before too. And that's, and that's being kind. He, you know, he is a flamboyant guy. So. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if at this point in time, I know it's kind of, I think a lot of people are starting to bounce back in the other direction, which is, you know, maybe that's just how the nature of NBA Twitter is, is, you know, you get a large group of people leaning one way and then you always have to have a loud dissenting voice. But I think sure it's become interesting to see how people have turned on Westbrook. He is an okay player. My problem with Westbrook's style, I think a lot of it is overstated. Like I, I, I understand he's not very efficient as far as, as his scoring prowess is concerned, but more glaring a concern for me is that contract. And now you oh, also gosh. have to yeah, 40 million, and, three yeah, years no left on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so not only that though, he has to make the, the realization is that he's never going to compete for a title again. Like not until that contract ends because no contender is going to be able to accept that salary. It's not exactly. going to happen in Milwaukee. Nope. If Charlotte wants to get them, they're basically competing for an eighth seed next season. Ditto with the Knicks. I just don't see any, I yep. mean, the, I, I've heard the link of maybe uh, the Clippers being a, a possible suitor. I don't think that's realistic either. So, I mean, there's just, it's problematic. Westbrook has to change. I'm just glad he's not Miami's problem anymore to worry about. But there is another name that's kind of cropping up there as far as a potential fit with the Heat. We'll debate that in the next segment. You're listening to Locked On Heat. At some point in the day, you're bound to hit a wall. Mine usually hits me in the early evening when I'm tired from work. My son just turned two. He is a handful, and it is exhausting. But whenever your wall is, whatever it is, Built Go is a solution for you. It's a healthy replacement energy drinks, but without any of the fake additives. I'm sure a lot of people here in Miami, like me, love a good shot of Cuban cafecito, but at the same time, you need something a little healthier, and that's what Built Go is. Just natural ingredients that last. It comes in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can carry them anywhere, and whenever your wall hits you, if you're at work or through golf or whatever, a workout, just put it in your pocket and gets through your day. And it's the best workout gel in the market. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. So how does it work so well? It combines energy gel with collagen protein that gets absorbed into your system quickly using vitamins, nutrients, honey, 
and just a kick of caffeine to keep you going strong while strengthening joints, soft tissues, hair, and skin. You feel good, and you look good, too. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order if you use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. up to date in the latest roster changes rumors and more as well as my coverage of the nba draft and continuing exit interviews subscribe to lockdown heat on your favorite app to listen to podcasts and always get the newest episode so the flip side of the russell westbrook conversation is unfortunately james harden and whether or not he is in fact on the trade block or if we believe the piece from the athletic and there's no reason to believe that they're being misreporting or anything like that harden seems like he wants to stay there and why not I think he's had so much of the franchise cater to him in a way that's probably not healthy for any one franchise. We hear about this all the time from Miami's own experiences with LeBron to potentially Jimmy Butler and other places. And of course, players like Chris Paul, players like Kawhi Leonard, you get a lot of front offices that try to kowtow and bend to their star players. But I don't think we've ever seen anything as complete as we've seen in Houston. And the fact that Harden, controls so much of the decision-making process there because he changes the style of play. He wants to play with a certain type of player. If he doesn't like the way you fit on the team, basically you're gone. And so now you kind of have to just accept it. Like if you've got this new coach, this new front office basically, and they have to make a decision moving forward, whether or not they want to tie their fortunes to Harden or try to get what they can for him. What do you think? Do you think they should trade James Harden. I'm not even saying to Miami. I'm saying at this point, should Houston move on from the Harden experience? Well, I mean, if you if you move Westbrook, who has who has you know, I don't know if it's formally or not, but I mean, it's been reported by very credible sources that Westbrook wants out. If Westbrook moves on, and that means the team is getting back something in you know 40 million in value and picks, so that that alone should be could be could make things interesting if you're James Harden. The flip side of this, though, is that this has been eight years in the making, and a lot of it has to do with Daryl Morey. Like, he is the reason that, you know, James Harden has been given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. This player analysis has taken a whole new level with James Harden, and he is the era of data as the as the thing you're building on. And they used James Harden, uh, ab- used, abused every which way, and made it solely about what he was able to do off of very efficient shooting and, and getting to the you know rim and all those kinds of things. It's amazing what the kid does, but we have to remember there was a time before Daryl Morey. There was a time before he was doing these you know step back three point jump shots and things like that. There was a time where he moved off ball. There was a time where he cut and it was a intentional cut to kick the ball out. It wasn't a reaction, a reactionary uh, you know dribble drive where he you know got to the rim, had two guys contest, and now he's kicking out as a reaction. He used to anticipate so much more, so his game. His game is still moldable. We can get into that further and in, in, in later about how he could fit with the Heat, but I, I am not in the camp that thinks that James Harden can't change and go and 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 you know uh, regress back to some of his. I don't I don't know if regress is the back word, but go back go back to some of the styles that uh, he's been familiar with. He's played with two megastars before. He had Durant and freaking you know Westbrook on his team. It was a long time OKC ago, days. though, man. I, I was it like, was he, no he's doubt a young it, player, it totally not was. an MVP type, and now. I feel like they, they kind of 
the 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 it's Pandora's box. They can't get everything closed up again. And, and so it's interesting that you you make that segue about the heat because I'm glad that you're bringing it up. I'm kind of playing. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Do it, do it, and say that in Miami, he's not a great fit. Now, uh, personally, I will say I do think well, you and Ethan Skolnick agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this personally. I actually do think that anytime oh, you can man. acquire a superstar. And the receipts are out on Ethan. Ethan didn't want Jimmy Butler here either. So uh, anyway, that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. He was on this show years ago when we talked about he a potential. Was. He was a on a potential star to add to this team. And he said Jimmy Butler was not the right fit here because of his personality, et cetera. That proved wrong. That's a whole other story here. That's true. <laughs> but as far as James Harden, I say anytime you can acquire that star, and if Jimmy Butler signs off on it, and they have experience playing together with the Olympic team and everything else, they know each other. I think they can get on the same page. I think if you can get Bam and Jimmy to figure out how to play alongside, and if they agree to it, I think it would work. That's my personal experience. But I will say, however, for the sake of this show, Maybe it's not a great fit that maybe a player who doesn't care this much about winning, if he drives Chris Paul away, if he drives Russell Westbrook away, if he just wants things to be his way rather than the winning way, then maybe he's not a guy who can be moldable again. Maybe he's not willing to go back to the way things were so long as it, you know they're not his way, and that could be problematic. He Okay, so if he comes to the Heat, there, there's on paper he's no doubt a great fit. He Like on paper, just purely from a basketball perspective – he shoots. He's an above average defender the last few years. He has been. The defensive win shares are pretty amazing. Great pass. All, all things considered. He he is the only person ever to average 34, 7, and 6, and he did it back-to-back -back seasons. Like, he's a juggernaut. He's an eight-time all-star, all seven-time all-NBA, blah, blah, blah. Former MVP. He's always in the conversation as an MVP. The dude is amazing. His playoff record is the real, real thing that has really kept whales from joining him like we're talking legitimate like in their prime whales like chris paul was at the end whilst russell westbrook at the end all the other guys were role players that were joining them maybe in their primes but they're role players i'm talking like chris bosh lebron james showing up and saying we believe in you Dwayne wade like that kind of buy-in harden hasn't had that which is so odd because he is good but his playoff record is just abysmal. I mean, he's only got to the you know conference uh, to the finals when he was a, with a OKC, but he's never gotten there with. Uh, well, with I, I will say so, it, it's a style of play, though, and that's the thing I think that a lot of Heat fans are concerned about is whether or not he can change, because you can shut down James, you could force him, or just shut down everybody else, knowing that nobody else in that roster is going to be capable of you know of damaging you the way they that, that that Harden can and so you saw kind of similarly to what we did with the Milwaukee Bucks is you know if you put up that wall if you limit Giannis Antetokounmpo then you're going to basically put that weight and responsibility on everybody else in that roster and more often than not it works and I think you start to see the same things with Harden is that he is a one-dimensional player in that sense and that he is not good for team ethos good team winning and if that's the case, how does he fit into this roster that was all about the team dynamic, about sharing the ball, about a center who is not nearly as aggressive as he should be because he's so busy creating plays for others where you have a superstar and Butler who more often than not looks off his shot so he can kick yes. it out to a wide open shooter. And now yep. all of a sudden you've got Harden just kind of standing there with the ball, drawing a foul, getting to the line, putting up a, a wonky shot from 30 feet away, et cetera. Does that fit in with Miami? Do you really think that that could fit here in, in, with the Heat? David, let's compare it to the most recent example, which is Jimmy Butler. There, Jimmy Butler had the same crap, you know, analysis given towards him in terms of like attitude, disposition, all those kinds of things, right? But Heat Nation, the culture, the staff, everybody – only really assess the thing that matters most, which is when it's winning time, 
when the lights get biggest, Jimmy Butler has consistently dominated. He he was great in this one year he was with the Sixers. He got the Timby Wolves all the way to the playoffs, and they hadn't been there in forever until he showed up. And they were perennial all-star, uh, excuse me, postseason uh, play, playoff teams whenever he was with the Bulls. He is a winner in, in the playoffs when it matters most. He typically ups his game. That is the inverse of James Harden. It just is. It, it's not it's not a knock on him as a all-around player. Like the guy is electric. But in a seven-game series, he just hasn't shown, except for one year when Chris Paul and him were together, and they gave the Warriors the business, and then suddenly Chris Paul goes down with an injury, and they lose yeah. that series. Listen, they were they were going places, but if you remember correctly, Chris Paul demanded the ball more in that series. He did. It was so much more of a balanced attack. Yeah, and here we are. on the sideline arguing, remember? Exactly. That. They were. And, they, and, and you have to imagine there's just this discomfort, like – it is it is hard to imagine hard. I didn't say it's impossible. I, d I just don't feel like that's fair to any player. We just don't know. Like, we don't know. It's like Spo says, there's, a, you know, not everybody's for our culture. Like, not everybody fits here. We don't know if Harden fits here. But if you're telling me the one thing we judged Jimmy Butler on in terms of his ability to fit, if we judge that same thing, which is like, when the lights get brightest, does he play as a team player? Does he does his game elevate? All those kinds of things. All those amazing you know rocky characteristics yeah jimmy butler has that james harden does not and that's just resume that has nothing to do with where he might go could he change i don't know he's 31 it just seems doubtful at this point that yes stylistically the man probably could fit culturally and by the way our heat staff and coaching deserve so much of the success from last year in terms of there was we had, we didn't have any business being in the NBA Finals. All things considered, we got there because everyone bought into the vision. Everyone bought into the changes that Spo is famous for doing. His adjustments were great, and he is that kind of coach. He doesn't stick to his one style. He makes adjustment after adjustment. He is okay taking players in. So I can see Harden being brought in and us adjusting. Probably not to his ball dominant you know ways that he was in Houston he would certainly fit into our motion offense for sure but is it going to be enough will he have enough whenever you know when you're in game six and we're down 20 in the third unfortunately there have been too many times James Harden has just let go of that rope when he when he was with the Rockets and is still with the Rockets obviously he hasn't moved yet but if he should like he lets go of the rope when the chips are down. It's the strangest thing. And that is like the inverse of everything the Heat stand for. We, we always believe we're Heat, Heat Nation's five minutes away from the end of a game. We're down 20. We're like, we're still in this, guys. Like, that's our belief. We're crazy. But that's because the kinds of people that are on this team. And Jimmy Butler has now reinserted th uh, that energy back into this team. So there's no doubt, though, if he were to join, he would have to assimilate in a way that it, it's an I, I can't even think of a recent example in the last 30 years of a star being asked to adjust his game the way we would have to ask him to adjust his game. But I don't want to also be so crazy as to think that if he joined this team, are we going to be difficult to beat? Uh, yeah, because if we're only losing Hero, Andre, Kelly, Nunn, and KZ, like some amalgamation of that, or maybe we do in sign and trade with Jay or something like that, but we're going to lose like five dudes. But if we keep Duncan, Bam, and Butler – and we add James Harden, you cannot tell me that that team wouldn't be dangerous and, and contender status instantly. What what happens next? I don't know. Are, are Bam Butler and Spo enough to offset his lack thereof of cultureness and team-oriented style? I don't know. But 
it suggests that he's not. It just suggests that he's not. And that's it. Unfortunately, we can only judge players on their history. We can't, we have nothing else we can judge them it, on. It so. kind of, it kind of sounds like you flipped a little bit in your argument there. So maybe, maybe we'll put No, a not, not at all. I just trying to be balanced with it. You know, like I do feel like he could be, it'd be crazy to say he's not going to be effective. Is it, is it uh, just as equally from a weight perspective, you, you can't just weigh a player on his X's and O's. That's not how it works. They do belong to a team and a culture. Can he make the team better is what we all have to ask. And I've just, Butler has that ability. He has, and he has shown that in the past. Unfortunately, Harden hasn't shown that in the past. He doesn't have that as part of his resume status, that right. he makes players better, makes teams better. Let's continue the debate in the next segment, and we'll talk about some more of the news and notes from around the league, including Victor Oladipo apparently asking other teams if he can play with them. Oh uh, we'll goodness. talk about that in the next segment. You're listening to Lockdown Heat. Always reach me via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. So here we are talking about James Harden. I'm here with Drew Davis of the Vice City Hoops podcast, and we're talking about whether or not he'd fit here. And he kind of, I know you're trying to present a balanced perspective here. I, I just, I see all that from a talent fit. Yes, Harden does fit in Miami. I just wonder whether or not you want to sacrifice everything that you saw with this team last year, where there was such great camaraderie, where there was such great chemistry and such like a pretty style of play. I've gone on record and saying that I'm not so sure I want Giannis at the on this team because I, I think, have said, I have said similar. Go ahead. I think you, I, I think you'll start to see a lot of the same things. Like he is yep. such a ball dominant player and he only plays this one style, get downhill, get to the line, et yep. cetera. And if that's the case, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's the most aesthetically pleasing and certainly it's not the most effective because we've seen both Harden and Anacumpo kicked out of the playoffs because they are so dominant in their style of play. Now that's not to say that Eric Spolstra won't figure out some tweaks, get them to change. He made the, some accommodations for LeBron James. LeBron obviously was able to adapt his game, become a much more versatile and well-rounded player. Unfortunately, cost the heat in the last NBA Finals. But uh, I, I think mm -hmm. we've seen already that this coaching staff can make changes. But, I mean, to me, I do have concerns about the personality because he was – He's been asked, he's been so in control of everything that's happened in Houston. And I don't know that you're willing to make those changes. Like, like Westbrook had that same kind of control in Oklahoma City. They changed, they built a new practice facility specifically to Russ's desires, like where he wants the balls laid out, how he wants them gripped from certain racks at his height level, like certain rooms built just for Russell. And they still traded him, and, and, and he was able to make those changes in Houston. And I just don't know that James Harden is willing to make those same kind of uh, uh, you know accommodations and, and adapt his personality, his his style of play. So I'm I'm concerned, man. I am concerned. You, I know you should be concerned. He his his it's only off record, like because people do like him. Like he's not not liked around the association. He he is liked. Um, but so is Giannis and Giannis was so much more of a reluctant star compared to James Harden. And here's the biggest argument, in all of this, we could potentially get Giannis without having to lose a whole lot of anything in one year. So th that, that alone, and there's, that's not like a kind of like that. There's no doubt we're in the running for that kid. No doubt. Um, 
it, it's league wide understood that like there's the, the the match made in heaven sort of language around uh, Giannis and the Miami Heat, but it with James Harden, dude is he's not again. Giannis is in his prime. Harden is at the end of it. You know he's 31, going he's he's towards the end of his prime. His habits have been formed. He, he's been literally told by a franchise for the last now seven years because I don't think the first two years they did this until Daryl got there, but they have literally told him like you're the fulcrum. And that is not the way the Miami Heat, the, the amount of times we saw interviews after games where guys are like giving each other all the praise and passing around like, that is why we're who we are. Like the the fulcrum is the team spirit and culture and desire, not one individual person's ability to just do everything. So I don't think that that's easy for him. I don't think that that's natural for him. And I think you have to weigh that, unfortunately. And let's not pretend like, if it, if it doesn't go his way, like, is he going to do what Westbrook did and then immediately want to demand a trade? Like, that's right. the other side of this that would really suck is him to, you know, get here. We we give up a lot for him and then him not like it here. And then now we have this sad, mopey star that doesn't want to be here. Like, that that absolutely could happen. I don't think it would happen, but it could. And all that for what? For Giannis, who's going to be available in a year, who we legitimately have a chance at landing. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's, let, that's let's tough. rank these. Let's rank these possibilities: acquire, acquire Harden, and done. Don't get uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, acquire Antetokounmpo. Don't get Harden, and uh, stay pat. I guess those would be the three options there. Which would, which would you prefer, and rank them in, in your order of preference? Who? Um, I think if I had to go on record right now, I think my preference would still be Giannis. And and it's purely because of the fact that we're not losing so much to get him. Now we may we may end up trading for him in a sign and trade that could happen, and then we lose a lot for him too. Are you reporting so, this, Drew? No, there's not a reporting in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> but but if we lose, you know, if we lose some assets, if the if the scenario is we lose a lot of assets like Tyler Hero, none, and some draft picks for both, and both scenarios being equal that way. It may swing towards Harden because with Giannis, it he doesn't complete the team, but Harden does. Harden completes the team. He adds above average defense at the perimeter, which is what we need, and he's a reliable shot. Okay, great. Well, that was our biggest need. It really was. So outside of that, that what else? Do, the the problem is his fit culturally and with the staff and with these players sacrificing. That that's the problem, man. And we don't know. We only have his record. Blah blah blah. Giannis, who knows? He could grow into a more efficient shooter. He could add an element to his game that none of us saw coming. We haven't really got to see him in a motion offense in a in a heavily, um, uh, in, in an offense that doesn't rely on him to bring the freaking ball down like ninety percent of the time and do something with it. So I, I'd be curious to see what he is. But he's still moldable. Like he's still at a stage where he can change, much like Harden did when he got to the Rockets. So. I don't know. It, it, it's it's difficult, but I think if you had to, it, all things being considered, Giannis seems like the far more long term, the cultural fit, the guy that can still change and morph and add layers to his game. He's a sensational player. He doesn't um, he doesn't look for his shot necessarily. He, early in his career, he didn't look for. It. He was he was reluctant, but now he does because that's what the you know that's what the team wants him to do. That's what coaching wants him to do. I don't know if that's the case for James. I, unfortunately. Usually, after you've been doing this for so long, it's very hard. I mean, look at Carmelo Anthony. Like, it took him a while to come around to not having the ball in his hands a lot, right? Like, it did. So, what's and your so, rank then? What's your rank? Out of the Koopa one, Jonas. Yeah, Jonas one. Jonas one. Actually, I mean, I, I don't know if that's fair because I still feel like Beal is in the conversation. I do. And if Beal could be available, that's a whole. 
that's a whole different thing because he is the most complete player out of uh, for us out of the out of all the you know available guys. But so between Harden and Standing Pat and not adding either, which would you prefer? Yeah, Stan Pat. Stan Pat. I, I, so, it's Stan cra- Pat. It's, okay, it's so crazy, it's one, but, one is yeah. Giannis, two Stan Pat, three James Harden. So he's your least favorite, and you were the one arguing for him being added to the team. That's interesting. No, no, it, it being added to the team, all, all things considered, as a team, sure, as a franchise, I. No, I don't what what you have to get up, what you have to deal with. No, I don't know if I don't know if I can say it's it right this minute. I'm in favor of Harden joining the team, all things considered. No. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on a little bit here. So we're hearing some yeah. uh, Harden's ta- uh, former teammate Chris Paul and the possibility of him being traded to the Phoenix Suns. I'm only bringing this up because I think it's great because Paul's name has been one that's been linked to the Milwaukee Bucks. You spoke about that upgraded point guard that they were looking for over yep. Eric Bledsoe. So is he if he's going to the Suns, that's great. I have no problem with that. Me I think neither. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably cost him a Kelly Oubre. Who knows how his fit alongside Devin Booker will be. Maybe Booker is the next superstar to request a trade. And if that's the case, well, he's always welcome in Miami. He'd be the guy, I think, who would also Ooh. be perfect on this team. But that's a he whole would. A different conversation there. Uh, any thoughts on Chris Paul to Phoenix? I, I think it's great for them. They have a young core there with uh, Aiden and, of course, him. And, of course, we'll see him, meaning Devin Booker, him, like the him, who's definitely coming around. I still think his player rating's slightly low. Gosh, man, f- being on Phoenix does wonders for your rating. Um, you know, for Chris Paul, I think it'd be a good good look for him to have that kind of uh, – to have the control because I think he would get be given the keys, so to speak, to run the offense. There's a lot of trust there. He's a veteran voice. Um, and we saw this with the Thunder, right? So I, it, it's not – it would not shock me if he went there and, dude, the Phoenix Suns were very close to making some serious noise in the bubble. Like, they were yeah. amazing in the bubble. They were a player like Paul away from being able to get any further. If they can get a lockdown defender on the perimeter, which is Paul, I mean, even at his age, he's still a pretty good defender. They, they can make some noise for sure. So I like that. I've heard him being linked to the Clippers, which I also think is a great fit, hmm. um, depending on what happens with Patrick Beverly. But – I think that would also be a great fit. Of course, he's been linked to New York for forever, so who knows what happens with that. But ultimately, wherever his team, his season with the Thunder should not have surprised absolutely anybody. The amount of the, the amount of disrespect that these older players like Melo and him have gotten the last few years, these older players, guys, these, these freaking Chris Paul has been an All Star for like the last two decades. Like he's been around a long time. People forget when he was with the freaking New Orleans Hornets. That dude was so good that the NBA said you can't go to the Lakers. Like it, it, it astonishes me how how disrespectful respectful we've been with Chris Paul. He's gonna make any team he goes on better, and he made the Rockets better the time he was there. They got the closest they ever got really with him uh, uh, next to 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 James. So I think it's great. I hope they get him. I hope I hope someone gets him that can make noise in the postseason. That's what we all want to see Chris Paul in the postseason. How freaking fun was it to watch him and the Rockets go at it, right? Like that was a great series all the way to game seven. So yeah. I'm very pro CP3. I love his game. I love his uh, traditional old, old style of play. He's just a hard nosed go get it kind of guy. And he and I love watching his back and forth with players. He just doesn't take it from anybody. So then the news moves on to Victor Oladipo, who is being reported by the Indy Star that during the course of the past season, he was actively talking to other teams, the New York Knicks, Miami Heat, and others saying, can I play with y'all? That was a direct quote. Can I play with y'all? At least that was crazy. That, that, okay. 
So tell me, I want to hear your thoughts, man. Well, the latest on that is that his sister, his sister is denying everything. And she has. Oh, really? Okay. She's basically said that this guy on the Indie Star has no sources. I I, I don't want to disparage a reporter or anything like that. Sure. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. But also, apparently, uh, she's hinting that Miles Turner is the teammate who was saying that Victor Oladipo was talking like this to everybody else. So there is clear issues in indiana Yikes. it looks like they're going to be trading miles turner potentially to the boston celtics in exchange for gordon hayward oladipo yep, wants out this is this is chaotic there as far as oladipo is concerned i think miami's cooled off on him significantly given everything that he just or is being reported about his interest in other teams would you still think he's a fine fit in miami would you still want them to kind of look into acquiring oladipo depending on what you have to give up in order to get him I hate to say this. I really do hate to say what I'm about to say. When we played the Pacers this past year in the postseason and he came up to us after the series was over, yeah. it was it was odd. It was so odd. And it really brushed the NBA the wrong way. So I feel like his star taint was so tainted by that lack of sportsmanship. Lack. It is a lack. It's a lack of sportsmanship to a to a, a pander to the opposing team, especially after losing. Like that was not like pander. There's kindness and there's pandering. He was definitely pandering. It was odd. And so, no, I don't, I didn't like that. And I don't think many people like that. And it was very, it was very odd timing, all those different things, but his game, if we just, again, it's like with James Harden, if you just look at his game, if you look at his game, the dude plays very well, he's a very good scorer and he's an above average defender, but we've only seen like his sample size is not that big. And I feel like recency bias has got us all messed up with him because, you know, he was injured. So we're like, oh, he's not that great. And then he played kind of decent in the postseason. We're like, oh, he is good. And then only two years removed from him having an all like an all star kind of season. It, But he has it's only been once or twice. So, no, he hasn't. We're, we would be it would be certainly a long shot to suggest that he is a great fit or going to be a good fit for us. Um, for what we have to give up to get him, let me just make that clear, because I, I he's he's gonna be whale money. I'm not I don't know if it's 40 million uh, that what he's looking for, but he's got to be looking for a payday. The dude's about to hit his prime, so yeah, no, looking for I, a max I, contract for sure. Yep, I, I've cooled on him significantly. Not not again. This is all like every new every five seconds we get some new thing that says you know. For all we know, we're going to hear that Jason Tatum has, you know, sick of, sick of the Celtics and he can't wait for this last year to, of his contract. Um, like, who knows what could happen? But I don't think he'll, I think I don't think Oladipo changes our fortune that much. I really don't. I think between Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, you get basically that combination, maybe all together in in Tyler Hero, and that's who you'd have to you'd have to figure something out because there's no way that. He's gonna be. He's gonna be able to sign and 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 them coexist well. Yeah. He we need to develop Tyler Hero. By the way, this is the argument against Harden too, is that the development of Duncan Robinson, uh, the development of Bam, like is it stunted by having someone like Harden on your team? I do feel like that's a fair argument, and I feel like it's the same with Oladipo. Like we don't we want to find a player like Giannis who fits the team in a way that we need, so to speak but without stunting the development of our other team uh, of our other players, excuse me. Yeah, no, it's a, a great point. And I, listen, I made the same argument about hero regarding the drew holiday rumors, uh, because I think that holiday as great a defender as he is here, a solid a veteran. No, I, I saw a veteran <laughs> as he is. I really don't know that he's that much more of an upgrade 
to get you into title contention right now. Like I, I, I don't know that you want to give up on Tyler Hero, who at 20 years old has already shown such prominence on offense. He, like he's a, I think he's a better scorer than Drew Holiday ever has been. And I made this point in a recent podcast, so it's not worth bringing up again. But I, that's my feeling on this. I, I would I, agree with that. Yeah. So I just don't know why you'd want to make that sacrifice for a more proven veteran who's a good, solid defender. Yeah, that's fine. I understand the need of increasing and improving defense at the point of attack. I think you can shore up that elsewhere. I think you can get another draft player this year and maybe an, an older veteran. I mean, there's a lot of different options that you don't necessarily have to mortgage your future and give up a player like Hero in order to get a guy like Holiday. But assuming assuming that we have to like we don't have a clue where drew's market they want, is they, right now they 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 want a lot for him i mean everybody in the Pelicans of course they're gonna ask for that what are they gonna settle for us is the well that's the question, yeah, okay you know? i guess that's a good point i mean i look they have uh very little leverage because i think they know they have exactly. to get rid of him to get something and he doesn't want to sign their long term so, which is why he's on the trade block in the first place but apparently the Agreed. Boston Celtics are in the market for him. They're looking to possibly move Kemba Walker for a Drew Holiday. Hey, I like that. I like that move for the Boston, me personally. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be dangerous. Move. If they acquire Turner and they improve their defense by adding a Drew Holiday, well, things could have been a lot different for Miami had they met in the Eastern Conference Finals against that version of the Celtics. I'll tell you that you much. Flip, you flip Kemba for Drew. I mean, Kemba wasn't playing fourth quarter minutes. He was that unreliable defensively. And then you replace him with someone like Drew Holiday who has defensive pedigree. Oh man, that team is. <laughs> if they Drew somehow holiday, land, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Tatum and Jalen Brown, and 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 then all of a sudden Miles Turner, and well Miles or Turner or Turner, gosh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good luck scoring on that group. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully, Trader Danny Ainge <laughs> does not uh, actually make a move, and it's just one of those things he talks about in a year, saying we were this close to acquiring Drew Holiday. Uh, anyway, I, as far as uh, as far as you're concerned, Drew, please yeah. tell my listeners where they can check out you and your fine work. Thank you so much, David. You can check out Vice City Hoops podcast uh, anywhere that podcasting is available. Of course, iTunes and Spotify are the preferred destination. But David, thank you so, so much for having me on the program. I'm excited about all this churning and wheeling and dealing, but let's just be honest. It's all just talk right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here in the next few days. It's going to be an interesting offseason, and I appreciate you coming on. It was a, a late request, and you stepped up to the challenge. I really appreciate you being on the show, man. Not a problem. Remember to get your team every day just by asking your smart device to play Locked on Heat as soon as you get in your car. I'm David Ramil signing off and thanking you, as always, for your support.